0: Well, hey, good morning, good to be together, good to be together. Hey, uh, I have questions. I have questions this morning. So, um, do we have shoppers in the house? Anybody like to go shopping? Raise your hand. Come on. Let's go. Help me out. It's been a rough week. So help me out. Okay. Shoppers. Okay. I don't even see Hank. Oh, there he is. Okay. Sorry. Shoppers, yes. How about mall shoppers? Okay. No mall shoppers? Yes, thank you. Are we the only ones? Okay, Hannon. Thank you, Hannon. Okay. Yeah, I like going to a good mall. Patty? Patty? Now that- Patty, I only see you at Winco. Patty and I shop on Mondays at Winco for some, you know. Yeah, mall shoppers. I just remember, and they can't do this anymore, but there was a time where you'd be walking through the mall, especially through like the big stores, like the Macy's, like the Nordstrom's, like Sears. Okay, take that back. Macy's, Nordstrom's, those stores. And they would have people just standing there. And as you're walking through, they would just spray you with cologne. Does anybody remember that? So you're just like walking through it. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa. And then you, and it's not bad. Like, oh, that's not bad. I might walk back through there again. But then the problem is then you walk by somebody else and they spray you with their cologne. And then by the time you get out of the store, you don't even know what you smell like. But everybody else does, right? Yeah. And I was just thinking of the whole cologne thing this week. Because we're going to be in John chapter 12 where um, Spikenard is brought up. And um, it's interesting. So if you need a Bible this morning, um, please raise your hand. I want you. We're not going to put it up here. I don't put it up here on purpose. Because I want you to be able to open your Bibles and see where we're at. But it got me thinking uh, shopping when I heard about the perfume in John chapter 12, it got me thinking about perfume and cologne and all those things. And um, my dad loved cologne. <laughs> Gretchen just laughed out loud. <laughs> Gretchen just LOL'd. Okay. Um, because in, my, in their bathroom, they had a shelf. I mean, I'm not talking shelf. I'm talking shelf (laughs) full of bottles, all kinds of different colognes, and I just remember when I was a kid going in there and like opening them and smelling them, and there's someone like, oh, who would ever wear that? Why would you wear that? But some of them were good, you know? Um, So my dad loved cologne, so it got me thinking about cologne. My wife, Cleo loves perfume. Now, she's picky about her perfume, so don't buy her any perfume, please. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more. If you want to know more about our update, we have some hard updates this morning. But uh, when I started thinking about cologne, I said, I'm just curious. Because in this passage, we're going to see that it was an expensive cologne slash perfume slash oil that Mary anoints Jesus' feet with. So I was thinking, I wonder how much, how, how much are we willing to pay to smell good? And I'm not gonna ask you personally that because some of you are like, dollar store? Yeah. Right here. <laughs> dollar store. Dollar store, dollar store. <laughs> right here. luxury. Don't you want to, don't you want to smell Alan? Don't you want to smell like luxury? Yeah. I smelled you when you came in. Okay. I, I will say on a side note, some of you smell way better than others, but okay. I just, so back to, back to this. So I looked it up. What's the most expensive cologne slash perfume? They made 20 bottles. They're equal. Ten for women and ten for men. For real. It's Clive Christian's Imperial Majesty. So you're talking luxury dollar to Imperial Majesty. One dollar for this bottle. Actually, a dollar ten. Okay. Uncle Sam wants to smell good, too. Okay. $215,000 $215,000 per bottle. Kev. Represent, bud. <laughs> Dude, if you spent... Kevin, we're having a conversation. If you spent $215,000 on perfume, I'm coming after you. I want... You, yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about tithing this stuff later. Okay. So it got me thinking, what are some of the weird colognes out there? And so I'll just let you know, I'm sitting in hospital rooms this week. And um, I'm like, okay, I'm rabbit trailing. And so, and I was hungry for some reason. So I'm looking up colognes. So I'm going to read you some colognes and their description this morning. I know you're here to learn about the Bible and you want to know Jesus. We know Jesus. He's with us and he's with us in the joy and the laughter too. Basil. That's a cologne. Basil, B-A-S-I-L. What does that sound like? Basil. Okay. Check this out. This is the description of Basil Cologne. Wins over foodies with a summery body spray with a light aftertones of now catch this. The light aftertones of marinara and sardines. Basil. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> Ouday stilton. Now that sounds awesome. Ouday stilton. We recreate the earthy and fruity aroma of blue cheese. <laughs> now check this out. In an eminently wearable perfume. <laughs> I don't think so. One of my favorites, and I put it early on the list. This is going to take us a while, so buckle up. And I was going to try to do it in the French accent. I'm French, French-Canadian. I speak zero French. Well, wee. oui. oui. Okay. okay, that's about it. Bacon. Okay. Here's the description. Frying bacon is one of the world's greatest smells. I totally agree with that. And now it has been encapsulated into a long-lasting perfume. Okay? I try to order some of these by the way. yeah, anyways. Lobster. Okay. Love the description of this one. The subtle hints of sweet meat, the sea, and butter. (laughs) Hey, I'm not making this stuff up. Okay. So there's a couple that are non-food. I was hungry, like I said. Garage. This is, this is real stuff, people. I'm not, you, you know, you can fact check me all you want. Stephen Pratt can have a little, uh, little fact check thing on me. Yeah, investigate Pastor Kevin. By the way, Stephen Pratt, who used to go to church here, he has a, his own little podcast. It's hilarious, but it's investigate Joe Rogan. So it's funny. So, um, Anyways, Garage, the fragrance that will satisfy everyone's inner grease monkey. Okay, check this out. Andrea, you're like right on this one. I can see she's hanging on to this one. With tones of kerosene, leather, and plastic. Horse. I thought of somebody in this room when I heard this one. The fragrance opens with a warm note of hay baking in the sun. With hints of alfalfa and fresh clover. A dusty coat of dry musk emerges with a comforting blanket of cedar, fresh oats, and leather. Oh Who is writing this stuff? Okay, that's number one. And then who's believing this stuff? Number two. Who is buying this stuff is number three. Okay, a couple more. <laughs> Something just cracked me. The circus. Don't you want to go around and smell like the circus? Jamie. Okay. Hints of caramel apples. Now, come on. I'll take that. Hints of caramel apples. And from there, it just goes downhill. Sweaty artists. Saddle leather and elephants. Okay. And the last one. Like I said, I was really hungry, and this, uh, this one really made me laugh. So it's just called Flame. Flame. Now, who do you think would come up with a cologne called Flame? Liberace. Liberace. Okay. George Foreman. Oh, yeah? George Foreman Grill? Okay. How about Burger King? So Burger King came out with a cologne called Flame. And I'm just going to read you the description. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever used this word in church. So I don't know if I'll get in trouble. The pastor might talk to me. So um, the scent of seduction with a hint of flame-broiled meat. Yes. Yes. flame broiled meat. Flame. Yeah. So, I mean, cologne is a big deal in our society. You just open up magazines, and they have samples. I couldn't even show you the magazines. I was going to go, and I was telling one of our staff members, I'm going to go to the store, and I need to find some of those little samples where you, like, rip open and smell. smell." Okay? This one actually smells really good. Blue. Blue. Blue Day Chanel. That one actually smells good. This one, ladies, I, I, I don't know. This one, not so good. Okay? But I was like, they said, oh, don't do that. You'll look creepy because these are in, like, women's magazines. And so I was like, yeah. Me standing in a safe way looking through women's magazines, that would be pretty creepy. Um, but cologne's a big deal, right, in our society, and it's smelling good. And it just gets me thinking, so what is fragrance? What is... Fragrance And is there a difference between fragrance and odor? Well, yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> the definition of fragrance is a pleasant, sweet smell. The definition of odor is a distinct smell <laughs> that is especially unpleasant. So there's a difference between fragrance and odor, and I'm just wondering... As we look at this passage, what kind of fragrance are we? What, when we're around people, what fragrance do we leave behind? Because we're going to see in this passage when Mary comes and lays at Jesus' feet, there's a fragrance in the room. Now, there's a fragrance of spikenard, nard, which is what this is right here. And it actually smells pretty good. It's from the Himalayas. It's kind of a rosy kind of smell. You're dying to smell this, aren't you? Okay. Well, we'll note you with oil later. Okay. It's no, that's not 250,000. This was 999 on Amazon. Okay. All right. I hope send the rocket up to space by buying that. Okay. okay. Well, Jeff Basil said that. He thanked me for it, so yeah, okay, that's good. But what kind of fragrance are we leaving behind? When we walk into a room, is it is it a fragrance or is it an odor? Is it a sweet smell or is it unpleasant? And before we jump into John chapter 12, I want to publicly thank Jason for speaking last week. Yeah, thank him, would you? Because um, he just really, it really, for me, I know I was sitting over... I was setting. I was going to point at you guys, but I won't point at you. Okay. But I was sitting somewhere in the sanctuary, and he pointed to us, and we were like the bad people. <laughs> I was sitting over there, but okay. No. But you're the good people today. Today you're the good people. Okay. Um, and I just, when he talked about when Lazarus died, and Jesus had the opportunity to go and heal Lazarus while he was still alive and sick. But Jesus knew that wasn't God's plan, and so he didn't go. And when Martha met him on the road, she came with altercation. Those three things really stood out to me. That Martha came to Jesus with an altercation. Mary came to Jesus as an altar. And then the crowd came as a vector of opposition. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, the things that are going in my life right now, I'm running back and forth in those prayers. I'm asking God why. I'm on my knees as an altar, and I have all kinds of angles of attack, vectors of opposition, angles of attack. Just asking God, this isn't, you know, this isn't right. What's going on? Why is this? you know the cool thing about it? Is that he loves me in my place. If I'm over here, he meets me there. If I'm way over here, he still meets me there. And when 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 I'm right here, he meets me there. He does. Because he's a good father. And he is. I mean, all those songs today... Sorry, that was my personal list for the day. All these songs, like right now, for me, take on a whole new meaning. I've sung some of these songs for years. And I just, they just, some of those words go right by me. But where I'm at with Jesus now, as he takes me deeper with him, these words just come alive. They come alive. So even in our darkest times, we're part of a redemption story. That was a good word. You can tell your dad. That was a good word. Because I can go dark. And I can get bummed out. And then just stay in that place. But I have to know that this is temporary. And that what God is doing in us. Is what like Dana was saying. That he, what he's doing in us. He wants to work through us. It's not just about us. It's about what he wants to do in us, yes, but what he wants to do through us. You realize that what you're going through, as I walk through the hallways, I have to walk by a lot of hospital rooms to see my wife right now. And every single one of those rooms is a tragic story where she's at. She's in ICU right now. Every room is a tragic story. So then what am, I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, Jesus meets me there, but he also wants to use me there. I called this morning and talked to Cleo's nurse. And, um, well, I listened to Cleo's nurse because she remembers us from four weeks ago. And she just rambled on about how awesome when we're there together. And when well, she's not talking about our relationship. She's talking about the presence of Jesus there. She senses it. Yeah, is it hard? Oh, I can't even tell you. In our darkest times, we are part of a redemption story. We've got to remember that Jesus loves us and that he has a plan. Got to, I'm going to say it again. We must remember that Jesus loves us and he has a plan for us. Will his plans be easy? Maybe. Sometimes? Will his plans be brutally hard? Maybe. Sometimes? Will he be with me in the easy and in the hard? Yes! His promises never fail. He will always be with us. Always. I mean, we thought we were going to lose Cleo on Friday. And it was awesome that God provided. I mean, Grace Buck was there. Pam had just left. And Cleo, they put Cleo back in her bed. And all of a sudden, the nurses come running out of the room. And then running back in the room with more nurses. And so, you know, I'm not a smart man. But I figure, like, okay, nurses running. (laughs) I love the place where she's at, but I don't see Klingelon nurses running, (laughs) right? They do run. run. I saw it. Ruth works there. Ruth helped us get there, so thank you, Ruth. Um, We called 911. They came and and took her to Swedish. And uh, while that was happening, and you have seven paramedics working on one person, one of the nurses came, and her name is Ruth, and she's from Kenya. And we've had some conversations, not a lot, but she's been one of Cleo's nurses in the last three weeks. And she's a believer and she put her arm around me and grabbed my hand. And she just started praying and she rocked my hand back and forth and then shook my hand for like about 15 minutes. I was like, can we switch arms? (laughs) You know, and she just kept saying she knows Jesus she knows Jesus, and Jesus knows her. And I'll just say, in that time on Friday, I thought that was it. I'll just tell you, just now, now, right now, looking at it, I don't want to do that again, but I will. We will. We all will. In that moment, right in that moment, peace. Comfort felt his presence is like a big story was like opening up and I could see like, okay, yeah, it was. Now, do I want to go through that again? Not really. But if I go through that again, guess what? Peace, comfort, because he's with us. He's with you. And so when we face those things, many of us are afraid of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. But I want you to know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid of anything. He conquered death. Yeah, will it be hard? Yeah, it'll be hard. We celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary in a hospital room. It will be hard sometimes, but he is with us. And Mary and Martha and Lazarus show up again in this story. We just talked about them last week. Lazarus died. We talked about the interaction. Chapter 12 is a party. Chapter 12, they are celebrating Jesus. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus say, we're going to have a party. So let's read it. If I can read. John 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor, and Martha served, of course she did, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard. An expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with a fragrance of perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It is worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. And you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found that Jesus was there and came, and not only because of him, but also because of Lazarus, who Who had been raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going to Jesus and believing in him. So a party is being celebrated because Lazarus has just been raised from the dead. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate that. We should celebrate life. This week, you should have a party. Celebrate life. Invite me. <laughs> Especially if you're serving food. If you're not serving food, invite Dana. <laughs> and whenever the spikenard comes out, you know it's a party. So a party's going on. It's just happening. And then Mary brings out this bottle. And she goes to Jesus' feet. You guys realize that Mary, this Mary is mentioned three times. And every single time we see this Mary, she's kneeling at Jesus' feet. The first time was when he was speaking and she was just so like, overwhelmed by what he was saying. She just sat at his feet and learned. The second time was when Jesus came after her, her brother had died like four days before. And she begged him, but she worshiped him in her brokenness. And then this time, out of thankfulness and out of pure desire and worship, like, like I'm gonna sacrifice what I've been saving up Minimum wage in the United States is around 15 bucks. You know, you probably work about 300 days a year with all the holidays and all that fun stuff. It says Judas, and we, I guess we, we can thank Judas for one thing. We can thank him for telling us how much that bottle was worth. It was worth a year's wages. So in today's society, in the United States, it was worth about 36,000 dollars. Not $215,000, but, okay, $36,000. Kevin, I still don't want you to buy that. Okay? All right? And she breaks it and pours it all over Jesus' feet. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of worship. I don't know about you, but sometimes you'll see somebody worship, and you're like, eh, eh. Waving the flag. <laughs> the flag's hitting you or hitting me. And you get irritated. We're worshiping God and you're hitting me with your flag. Happened to me at a Jesus Culture concert. Multiple times that night. I was an irritated worshiper. <laughs> but you know, we look at somebody and we're like, ah, oh, that's a little radical. Can you imagine being in that place? And the $36,000 bottle comes out. That's supposed to last like, these are like lifetime bottles, right? A little dab here and here and here, here. And you kind of rub it again so you get more out of it, right? This is like a lifetime bottle here. And she breaks it in one shot. It's a beautiful picture of worship. And it says the aroma. The fragrance filled the whole room. Everybody knew something was going on. And again, I'm going to go back to how do I apply these passages to my own personal life? It should be obvious to everyone who looks at me, everyone who looks at you, where your heart is and who you worship. It should be obvious. It was obvious to everybody here. That something was going on, and there was no doubt who Mary was worshiping. She anointed the anointed one. You know, you guys realize that Jesus, the name Jesus Christ, do you guys know what that means? It means the anointed Savior. That's what Jesus Christ means. So when we use that in vain, we're like speaking against the anointed one. Nobody in here does that, I know. But when we call out to him by name, we are calling out to the anointed savior who God said, this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased. Listen to him. It should be obvious to all around us. I'm just wondering if Mary was there on the side of the mountain when Jesus spoke. And he spoke these words in Matthew 6. And he says, don't hoard treasure down here, where it gets eaten by moss and corroded by rust, or even worse, stolen by burglars. But instead, stockpile treasure in heaven, where it is safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be, and you'll end up being there. Mary could have saved that for herself. I mean, after all, she was having the party. They were paying for the food, the entertainment. That would have been good enough. And we don't know if Mary's intent was, well, Jesus, I know you're going to die next week. This is a week before. This is a week before Jesus would be crucified. There's nowhere in scripture where it says, Mary was like preparing Jesus for, I know you're going to die. We're not going to have time because it's gonna, you know sab- Sabbath and all. So I'm going to anoint you now because that's what they would do with a dead body. They would anoint them with oil and wrap them and prepare them. They didn't have time to do that with Jesus because of Sabbath. That's why the women went to the tomb on Sunday. They brought the stuff because we didn't have time. Now that Sabbath is over, we're going to redo it. But it was an act of worship It was a reminder to all those around that Jesus had been saying over and over, you know, I am the Messiah. I did come. I did come to set you free, but I am going to die. See, we didn't want to hear that. Nobody wanted to hear that. They wanted to be rescued from their current circumstances. We recognize you as from God. We recognize you that you are the Savior. Help us. And Jesus said, I'm going to help you. Remember, his plans. Here, I'm just speaking to myself here. His plans are not our plans. And his ways are higher than our ways. He doesn't think like we think. So Jesus said, I must go. know he talked to his disciples they're like begging him to stay stop talking about dying stop it and he goes i must go because unless i go you can't have the full picture you can't have the everything that god wants you to have if i stay can you imagine jesus saying that jesus is saying your life won't be fulfilled if i stay i have to go i have to die But I will rise again on the third day. You will see me ascend into heaven. And then I will send the gift. The Holy Spirit. Now Jesus had limited himself to being in one place at one time. In his humanity. But the Holy Spirit, no limits. Our family could be in Russia, Kazakhstan, Kenya, Germany. Romania, Switzerland, Kent. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit is there. One Spirit, one God, one Savior. And now, it's like looking at the A&T. Well, I'm T-Mobile. It's like the T-Mobile map. He's everywhere. Where before it was one dot. In the east, that kind of walked around 30, 40 miles and all, all this in one area. Now he's everywhere. It had to happen. And for us, what are we doing with that message as believers? Maybe you're in here today and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus. Well, now is the time. Now is the time. Why wait? He wants to have a personal relationship with you, a story. He wants to, he's already written your story. So now you get to recognize that, that you're in his story. You're in history, his story. So as believers, is our worship obvious? I mean, worship this morning, Mitch, bass, we didn't even plan on having a drummer Dana steps in last second. I don't want to pump up Marcello too much, but Marcello, you're okay. You're okay. Marcello phenomenal, right? Yeah. Can you tell Marcello how awesome he is? <laughs> I know. I know you're going to talk to me later. Sorry, okay. but it's true. It's true. God wants us to worship him in everything that we do, in everything that we do. And it should be obvious to all those around us. But in every party, there's always a party pooper, right? Don't be the party pooper, okay? And in this case, it was Judas. And Judas is like, why are you doing this? Now, I think initially, if you don't know the motivation behind why he's asking that question, it actually kind of makes sense. Like, why would you spend $36,000, or in that case, back then, whatever it might have been, why would you spend that much money? Look at all the things that we could do. And I'm just kind of telling you, that's kind of the way I'm thinking, I mentioned it already, the space rocket guys, these billionaires who are like, we got to go to space. I love stars. I love the space. I love all that stuff. But to spend billions of dollars. Now, when he, now when Bezos came out and I like Amazon, don't hear Amazon's listening right now. Alexa somewhere. Okay. Okay. But Alexa's not God. Um, but as soon as he got off that route, he was so excited. He gave away $200 million. Now, to us, that sounds like, wow, that's, whew. Man, you just gave away $200 million. You know what? To him, it was 1%. I mean, $200 million. Now, I'm, not, I'm just saying, if he, like, called me today and said, hey, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, that'll pay for some hospital bills. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't say no. But everyone was like, wow, $200 million. Well, he just spent billions to take that little flight. I suppose if I had that much money, I would take you up in the rocket too. It would be one big rocket. okay? No. But you'd all be driving nice cars. If I had $200 million or $200 billion, you guys would all be driving nice cars if you wanted one. Some of you don't want one. What, what, what car would you get, Mitch? I said I'd run out for Here. <laughs> <laughs> Luxury. Luxury. Now you can smell like $1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ten. But we know that when Judas asked that question... That seemed on the surface like a legitimate question. And I'm sure that other people in the room inside were asking the same thing. Like, wow, that seems like a waste. That seems pretty radical to me. But for Mary, she didn't worry about what her tomorrow was. She didn't worry about what the rest of her life was. She just knew that the anointed one was in her presence. She knew that the anointed one had saved them. And she said, I am willing to give you everything. Not only my full heart, mind, soul, and strength, but I'm willing to sacrifice what I have here what I have here. Not very thick, but that's okay. Right? That's the example of Mary here. Jesus, I understand who you are. When we understand, truly understand, who Jesus Christ is, that's how we'll, that's, that's how we'll worship. Jesus, you can have it all. Because everything I have Comes from you in the first place. Everything that we have comes from Him. If you have a ton, if you have a lot, give thanks. If you have just a little, thank Him for the little. Did it matter how much that perfume cost when she knelt at Jesus' feet? No, it didn't matter. Because we know in the story in Luke, where Jesus says, he's like just standing observing. And all these rich people are putting money in the offering plate. And it's nothing to them. It's like 1%. It's nothing. But yet the widow comes who has nothing. Except for a couple pennies to rub together. You know the old phrase, I don't really have pennies to rub together. But she took those only two pennies she had and she offered it. God, I understand that everything I have is from you, and you require us to give. Because you guys realize love always gives. For God so loved the world that he Amen. Love always gives. And so it's an offering of worship. This widow gives just these two pennies. And to us, we think, psh, I won't even pick up a penny on the ground. I did that once with my dad. He's like, hey, pick up that penny. I'm like, no, it's just a penny. And he pushed me over. (laughs) Pick up that penny. Always pick up a penny. Now we pick them up, whatever we find, and we donate it. We save it in the jar and we donate it to something. It's not the penny that counts. It's the heart behind the giving. It's the motivation behind the giving. Judas had a wrong motivation because he wanted, he wanted that money in his purse, in his purse, right? In his satchel or whatever they're called, his fanny pack. He wanted that money. He wanted access to that money. That's why he asked that question. And so it's just important that we we understand who our Jesus is. And are we willing to, like Mary, not care? I mean, I, and I don't know what, I don't know her personality. We don't know see it in the scriptures. But have you ever like wanted to do something like, oh, I just can't do it because what, what, would, what would they think about? What, what would someone say about me? I mean, the Ellis's, look at the Ellis's back there, looking sharp this morning. If, if I did this, what would Doug and Leanne think? Anybody else ever think, not, everybody else would think what the else is? with. I don't know, I'm just kidding. But anybody else, like, have you ever moved that way? Have you ever lived that way? Like, well, if I do this, what will other people think? Am I the only one in the room? Okay, thank you, Mitch. I see that hand. Okay, okay. Yeah. But there was just something so sincere and real that was happening with Mary when she Drop to the floor and says, I'm going to offer Jesus, I'm going to offer you everything that I have. My mind, soul, strength. And I'm going to offer you my wealth, my security, my future, my hope, little h, I'll just say when we're generous and when we give, that our God is generous and he gives. Not always a money thing. I'm not going to talk about tithing in the box in the back that you should be doing. That we should be doing, right? It's not a money thing always. Sometimes it is. But it's out of the motivation. Why are we doing this? If you come here on a Sunday morning... It was cool. Like when, when I wasn't even planning on it ramping up that last song. I was going to take a nosedive into it. And then I heard Dana start hitting the drums. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. We'll, we'll go. And then someone over here was like hooting and hollering a little bit. And I was like, now that was cool. If you come to church here and you in worship want to hoot and holler a little bit, <laughs> kind of sound like I'm in Arkansas right now. Okay. <laughs> feeling comfortable, Mom? Kind of feeling, feeling the vibe? Okay. Um, my mom's from Arkansas, so, so I can, that's why I can say that and be in trouble later. Um, then, then worship unabandonedly here. Like Udi, precious Udi, like right before, the, right before I came up here, she came right here and she had her hands raised. She's praying. I wasn't ignoring her, but we're, you know. Hey, then do that. Don't interrupt me while I'm speaking. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You know, if you need to come forward and kneel because that's, that's just what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. Don't care about, well, if I go forward, they're going to think I don't have it all together. Well, I, I got news for you. None of you have it all together. <laughs> I don't have it all together. And if we think we do, then we're walking in pride. And what does pride do? It will drop us to our knees. So Mary walked in humility, and she dropped at Jesus' feet. And I want to encourage us to to walk in humility. Because God opposes the proud, but what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. So maybe you haven't humbled yourself for a while. May I invite you to humble yourself before life humbles you. And come to the anointed one. Maybe for some of us, he's been asking us to lay something, to sacrifice, to give up something, and to put it at his feet. And we're like, no, I'm going to hang on to this. I mean, what if Mary would have said, you know what? This is such a great party. We should do this next year. Let's just have a party next year. I'll save this for next year. I'm a saver. So I'm just going to leave it there for next year. Jesus wouldn't have been anointed and prepared for his death if she would have waited. So maybe there's something that you're supposed to bring to his feet this morning. Man, is it obvious to all those around us who we worship. Man, I hope it is. I mean, I hope it is. I hope that when people see you, there's no doubt, man, they're a Jesus follower. I, I can see it. They might not agree with us. They might not even speak against us, but it is no doubt to them. Who we worship. And maybe we need to like reprioritize a few things. Ah, maybe I've been worshiping this over here and I need to step past that so I can't see it and so I just only fix my eyes on Jesus. But whatever those might be for you today. But I trust that God is speaking and I trust that he's working in your heart and the rest of that story is man, people saw, they recognized the worship, the fragrance, and it was attractive. And they came and gave their lives. They followed Jesus because of that worship moment. Man, I want people to follow Jesus because of the life that you lead. Seriously yeah, yeah, if you want to make it about me, yeah, I want people to follow Jesus because of the life I live. It's not about me. It's about you. I want people to see you and just say, "Man, there's no doubt that they follow Jesus." And maybe in the moment, they're like, "Ah, I'm not ready to do that, but I can respect that. But I'm telling you when things bring them to their knees, They're going to ask you. I've had it happen over and over and over. When life literally falls out from underneath them and they have no place to fall, they're going to remember your personal story with Jesus. So be ready to help them discover their story with Jesus. Jesus, we pray that this morning over every single one in this place, and where every single person who's watching at home, that we would be ready to help people start their new story with you. We don't have to worry about it because your word says that the Holy Spirit will give us exactly what we need to say. Lord, I pray for the new stories that are going to be written today in this room and in the rooms and the places that are being watched from, that you would write a new story. Lord, we worship you, and I pray that our worship would be obvious. for those things that we're hanging on to and holding on to this morning, God, that you've said, I want you to lay that at my feet. It is a sacrifice of worship this morning that we do that. We don't have to worry about tomorrow because you're already there. Your plans and purposes are already being accomplished and we haven't even got there yet. So we just live with you today, in this moment. Pray that you would speak to us, Lord. I pray that lunch would be great today. I pray that Sunday afternoon naps would be sweet today. And in the midst of all of that, that you'd be speaking to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would be continually taking us deeper and drawing us closer to you as we walk with you. In Jesus' name. The church said, Amen, amen. Hey, we love you guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week already.